Hello, everyone. Um, my name is Ben Kelly. I'm a partner in the Dallas office from the IP group, and I know that we're still having a few people uh, jumping in, but I think we can go ahead and get started. And folks will continue to join as we as we get going. Um, I'll be joined by a couple of my colleagues who I will introduce in just a second. But basically, the the purpose of this presentation is to give you an overview of the what we call internally the IP Tech Practice Group, and I'll explain that a little bit more as I as I give a little bit of background. Um, let me move on to the next slide. Uh, basically, we have exactly 100 timekeepers at the moment. That includes attorneys, patent agents, paralegals, everyone who builds their time kind of on an hourly basis and whose services we, we bill out on behalf of the firm that way. That doesn't include administrative assistants and others who are part of the group but who do not bill out their time. Um, our attorneys um, pretty much sit in Chicago, in terms of the US, sit in Chicago, Dallas, New York, the Bay Area, and Washington, DC. And as you'll see from, from this slide, I think one of the unique things about our firm is that we, um, when we talk about a region like the North America region or the IP tech group, um, we're not just talking about the Midwest US, for example, Canada, United States, and Mexico. So when we convene for our North America IP tech practice group meetings, we're getting to meet with our colleagues from Mexico City and Toronto and from across the US as well. Um, but as you, as you can see, um, quite a large group. And it's, I think it's about four times the size or five times the size we talk global numbers. Um, just as a little bit of background and you hear, you know, IP tech, you probably think, what is that? About two years ago, um, almost to the day, we merged the intellectual property practice group and the technology practices. Um, there were a lot of synergies there. Both groups were dealing with um, new technologies, legal issues relating to cutting edge new technologies. So it just made a lot of sense from, a, from kind of what we want to communicate to clients to combine those two groups. At a very high level, IP meant and still means, you know, kind of patents, trademarks, copyrights, trade secrets, things like that. And the old IT group was more focused on privacy, outsourcing, digital media. And so we combined uh, the attorneys from those two groups about two years ago. And, you know, it does not affect my day-to-day -day life, for example, or, or my practice. It doesn't mean that as a patent litigator, all of a sudden I needed to have more of an understanding of data privacy issues, for example. It just means that we're, we've added to the, the breadth of the specialties for the people who fall under that IP tech umbrella. Um, At the same time, what we did was we uh, took that opportunity to reorganize into about 10 to 12 different business units. Um, so for example, 
patent prosecution or patent advisory and disputes. Patent prosecution basically means that's the back and forth process that you go through with the patent office to get the patent. Um, you know, make your arguments, explain why your idea is novel, not obvious, um, how it's different from things that already existed that the, that the patent office has identified and they're back and forth with you and to actually get your hands on a patent as an inventor. Patent advisory and disputes really means, okay, now I have the patent and um, I think someone is infringing it. Let's go to court and argue about that or fight about that. Or on the other hand, I've been accused of infringing. I'm getting letters from this, this patent owner or they've filed a complaint in federal court. What do I do? Help me. That's the patent advisory um, and disputes business unit. I won't touch on all of them. And, and like I said, we'll give some more kind of day-to-day -day real life examples of what some of these mean in just a second. But another couple of examples are the first two here on this slide, brand enforcement and brand management. That really covers um, trademarks, copyrights, and designs. You know, anything that, that maybe as a consumer, when you think of Apple or another company like that, you think of the, the trademark image or, or logo that you see um, and just helping protect trademark portfolio, not just in the United States, but, but around the world. And I think one of the surprising things to some people, including me when I lateral to this firm about six years ago was that the trademark practice of this group, I think is, is the strength we have. Um, we represent so many large clients around the world and manage just tens of thousands of trademarks and copyrights and designs around the world. So that's really a, kind of an unexpected strength, at least it was to me when I lateraled over to the firm of this practice group. Um, another example is trademark, uh, excuse me, trade secrets advisory. That's often, um, you know, a case regarding a, an employee left with our source code or took our customer list and often ends up in federal court um, in, a, in a litigation regarding trade, trade secret misappropriation. So there's a few of the examples there. Um, identified some of the, the leadership of the different business units here on this slide, but really wanted to take um, most of the time we have together and it'll fly by quickly, I know, but to just give some real world examples of some of those sub practices and what we do on a day-to-day -day basis, maybe some interesting examples of, um, you know, clients that we represent or, or the, the work that we've done, um, just to give you, give you a little bit more of a feel of, of what we do on a day-to-day -day basis. So, um, we have Marcelo Robledo from the San Francisco Bay Area offices to speak about transactional work, as well as after her, um, Christina Messerschmidt will discuss data privacy and security, and then I'll kind of wrap it up with a little bit more about IP litigation and some examples about that. So Marcella, are you there and ready to proceed? I am, Ben. Thanks. Thanks for that, that really good introduction. And, and welcome, everyone. Welcome all, all the summers. Um, I'm actually very new to the firm as well. I started a couple of months ago. 
But what's really fantastic about this firm is that in the IP arena or IP tech, it, this firm pretty much does everything. I mean, I, my prior firm, it was very um, limited to specific things that, that um, you can do on IP. But here it's, I mean, if you want to do trademark prosecution, you can do that. Patent prosecution, patent litigation, trademark litigation, copyrights. You can do trade secret um, litigation. You can do advisory. It really is, it runs the gamut. It's anything you can think of. I mean, a domain name disputes, anything you can think of um, under the IP umbrella, Baker does it. So that's, I mean, that's just a fantastic opportunity for a summer associate. Um, as far as what I do, I do IP transactions. And, and a lot of what I do is the IP aspects of, of M&A transactions. So, so for example, uh, a couple of years ago, I represented Microsoft when they bought um, LinkedIn. And then a couple of years later, and that was a really cool deal because you have to look at like the data that was being bought and the IP and, and the technology behind it. Um, and a couple of years later, I represented Microsoft when they bought GitHub. Um, I mean, you probably are familiar with, with GitHub. Like it was just a lot about the, the development of the platform and the, the open source issues and, and how they handled that. So um, it's, um, I mean, it's, uh, it's a really fun practice. I, it's, I, get to, I get to see like cool technologies that companies are developing and buying and selling all the time. And, um, and, and it's just, I mean, I'm in Silicon Valley, so I also get to see a lot of, I mean, a lot of the deals that I'm involved in are, are, are tech deals or software deals. So I get to see very closely the open source issues, source code, escrow issues. Um, data privacy issues and um it's just i mean just cutting edge issues i mean at, at, at the turn of the century the biggest issue was right at that or or in the 2000 the biggest issue was y2k now then then it was like the cloud then it was um then it was drones now it's artificial intelligence like I, ip tech really is such an evolving field and, and so it's, it's just a really exciting practice and a group to be in. Um, so, so happy to answer any questions uh, and also happy to be a resource. I'm in San Francisco and you can reach out to me when, whenever you want. All right, so I'll go, I guess I'll go now and then we'll, um, I assume we're saving questions for, for the end. Is that right, Ben? All right. Awesome. So, hi everyone. My name is Christina Messerschmidt. I'm a mid-level associate in the Chicago office, and I've actually talked to a few of you already about um, about to the Chicago folks on about our practice group. Um, so, I summered at Baker. Um, I've only been at Baker my entire um, career. So, obviously, I have. I think it's a it's a great firm, and you guys are. Um, you know, even though this is sort of a really odd um, summer program. Um, know that everyone is very happy to have you guys here and happy to have you join the teams eventually. Um, so a little bit about sort of the, the practice, my part of the practice group, and then I'll talk just, you know, I'll talk just a few minutes about my particular um, favorites, I guess I would say. So um, data privacy and security, we have sort of a hodgepodge of, you know, half of it, half of the work is, is what I would term um, regulatory work. So we put together companies' compliance programs. Um, you think about 
big laws like what you guys have been seeing in the news, I'm sure, um, the GDPR back in 2018, um, the California Consumer Privacy Act now, and sort of all the noise around that, right? So we help companies, we help very, very big companies um, put together their privacy compliance program to comply with all of these new um, laws and regulations. Um, we also do quite a bit of work, and I actually, my, um, you know, one of my areas of, I guess, that I specialize in is, is healthcare, the, you know, healthcare and medical space. And so we also have a lot of clients that are pharma clients, that are medical device clients. And one of the things that's been really cool in this particular context, just to give you guys a really, you know, a real world example is, for example, one of my biggest clients, um, Becton Dickinson, was just um, granted, and this is public now, um, was granted a um, approval by the FDA to run, um, to start producing a 15-minute handheld coronavirus test. And, um, and that's really cool when you sort of see, you know, and, and we do, we do a lot of, you know, we help a lot with a lot of their privacy work. Um, and so it's very cool to see your clients sort of out in the news um, that they're doing something really, really good for, you know, for the world, right? They're doing something that we all need right now. So that's been, um, that's been neat, um, you know, silver lining in a, in a crazy, uh, weird world that we now all live in. Um, and then my favorite part of my particular practice, which is um, about half of my practice on any given day, um, is just the data breach work. And I'm sure you have all received, I would be shocked if none of you have received a, um, or if one of you have never received a, data breach notification in the mail, on email. Everybody's credentials are like out there somewhere. Um, so we sort of, we do depending on the client and depending on the, on the magnitude of the event, we handle everything from like the really panicky call that we get um, from the client being like, ah, something's happened and potentially and everything is exposed and what do we do? And we wanna call everyone and so we get involved basically from, from that moment. Um, we work with forensics providers to sort of figure out what exactly has happened. We work with the client to figure out what their notification obligations are to government authorities, to um, individuals, um, how they can work with law enforcement, how they can work sometimes with the FBI, you know, um, how, how do you close the vulnerability, what statements you make in the media, what statements, how you handle sometimes the fact that you'll have, um, these are the really cool ones, but also the really scary ones where you have the intruder sending messages saying, I have all of your data, you know, um, if you don't pay me a certain amount of money, and, and we've all read right in the news about companies that have made, well, it's really a judgment call, um, right? If you don't pay me a certain amount of money, then, I'm releasing all of this, I'm putting it on the dark web and, you know, good luck to you um, retrieving it. Um, so that is to me the really, really exciting part of my, uh, my practice. Um, I'm super conscious of time and I know you guys are gonna have questions. So I'll end it there um, and let Ben um, sort of finish up with IP litigation, but um, super available for questions, Skype me, email me um, if you are interested set up a Zoom call with me and I'm happy to I'm happy to chat with any of you. Thank you, Marcel and Christina. Um, yeah, I'll just wrap up with a little bit of an overview of IP litigation. And I really agree with what Marcella said initially that 
I think one of the, another of the really unique aspects of our practice group is the breadth of the practice group. And there's so many firms where intellectual property really just means patent litigation and they, they don't have any of the other 11 or 12 business units or maybe they just have half of them. So it's really unique and I think um, it's, it's also so helpful to work together in the sense that you may get your foot in the door with the client through patent prosecution work and it ends up five or ten years later you get patent litigation work because of that relationship and I've seen that happen at least a couple of times. Um, another unique aspect of our practice is that so many of our, our client relationships come to us because they're long standing you know, relationships that come up through um, foreign offices or a relationship that a partner has with a client in Paris or Belgium. So it's, it's, uh, it's really nice to have those opportunities. Um, just real quick on IP litigation, pretty much what I do is, is patent litigation, like I talked about earlier. Um, the company is, is patent infringement and you go to federal court to discuss uh, to, to go to trial on the issues of non-infringement and invalidity. I've also handled cases regarding trade secret misappropriation and um, other, you know, more state law claims but are based on technology. For example, right now we're about to have an argument at the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals and a couple of the Dallas Summer Associates were already assisting and helping do some legal research on some of the issues there, but we represent Barco, which is a Belgian company. They do a lot of digital cinema projectors and um, maybe at an airport, you know, some of the display walls at the airport or other big um, office spaces, or I always think of the FBI situation room as those types of big display walls. Um, they were sued by kind of a disgruntled former chief technology officer in Austin of one of their former subsidiaries who's unhappy with the terms of a license agreement and alleges breach of contract and um, breach of fiduciary duty. And that is, it's almost like the traditional patent litigation case in the sense that my day-to-day -day life there was um, analyzing patents, working with technical experts and economic experts to develop expert reports explaining why Barco did not use these patents or why the license agreement was not worth very much. Um, you know, writing motions, um, preparing for and taking depositions of fact witnesses, company employees in the US and in Belgium, um, taking depositions and defending depositions of expert witnesses. So that's kind of a day-to-day -day life, um, I guess, arguing motions and maybe one of the more or the least glamorous parts of litigation is discovery. So collecting documents, helping the company collect documents and respond to discovery requests. So that's one that'll go to oral argument in New Orleans at the Fifth Circuit in about a month. Um, another example, one that we're handling now is if y'all are already using your Outlook for the firm, you've probably seen that a company named Proofpoint does the email security for the firm. Um, they have sued our firm's client, Bait Secure, for trade secret misappropriation. They allege that one of our, one of our client's um, employees, kind of like the example I mentioned earlier, took source code with him 
to his new employer or, or client. And of course we can test that, but the, the, the case really revolves around, is this technology um, confidential? Did he take anything with him? What is it? Um, and so that is working its way through the court system now and we'll go to trial in a, another year or two. Typically these cases take a year or two at least to go to trial. I guess my favorite example is we represented a company called RealD about five years ago and they had a number of patents on um, 3D cinema projector systems. And if you've been to a movie theater before all the craziness of the last few months um, started, you, you typically would have seen like the recycle bin for your real D 3D cinema glasses. And so they do the cinema projectors for that. And we, we took that case on behalf of real D to the ITC, the Inter International Trade Commission in Washington, DC, and one across the board, basically excluding their number two competitor at the time from importing their cinema projectors into the United States. So that was a really satisfying, complete win. And my favorite moment from that case was um, helping to prepare for deposition an inventor of that technology whose name was Lenny Lipton. And um, at the time, he was in college as a 19-year-old undergraduate engineering student at Columbia University. He happened to write the song Puff the Magic Dragon. And so not only is he an inventor of 3D cinema projector systems, he wrote Puff the Magic Dragon. And um, so just, you get to meet some really interesting patent inventors, some really interesting, smart people in the patent litigation world. I know, I know that everyone else does in their, their um, little slice of the IP world too, but it's interesting to meet these technical inventors as a part of this process. So um, with that, I hope that helped kind of just give you a little bit of an overview and some very unique different perspectives on, on the IP tech practice group and some of the sub practices that we specialize in, but happy to hear any questions from you all or if anybody certainly wants to talk to me, I'm happy to talk or shoot me an email. Like Christina mentioned, I'm happy to talk to, but happy to hear any questions in the few minutes we have remaining, if anyone has one. We're going to start calling on people if you don't uh, we're just going to choose whoever seems to be the most smiley nah, no, I'm hi um thank you so much for this overview it was really helpful um while seeing kind of like the map and how it's like a north american region i was wondering how much each office works with each other like i said constant communication between Chicago and Dallas, or like, is there two offices that work together more than others? Um, just curiosity of like the inter-office play. Um, yeah. I'm happy to take Go ahead, Christina. I, I was just gonna say, so, um, and I, I, you know, certainly Ben and Marcella supplement what I'm, what I'm saying, but we work together quite a bit. So for example, I will say that for the, um, privacy group, two, um, two of our partners that we work with the most, for example, are not even based out of Chicago. Um, so uh, one of them is based in New York and the other is based in DC. 
And then one of the partners that, for example, I work um, the most closely with, she actually works out of her home in Colorado. So she's technically part of the Chicago office, but she works out of her home in Colorado. Um, and not only do we, and this is something that I am sure that people have mentioned before, but um, I'll mention again, not only do we work with other offices, but what's really cool about, I think, this practice inherently is it's also an inherently international practice. Um, and we tend to work with people from other offices in other countries as well, which is wonderful. And, and you know, for me, at least, I love to travel. And so when I travel, I always make it a point to stop in the Baker office in that city. We do have one there. And you sort of get to like meet people that you've been working with for years and grab a drink with them. And, and work is much more pleasant um, if you do that. So that's my super quick answer to that. I don't know, Ben, I'm sure you have additions um, to that. No, that's great. I, I totally agree. We've um, certainly on the litigation side, we, um, it's very common to staff a case with, you know, a couple of attorneys from DC or California depending on the size of the case, and maybe one or two from Dallas, for example. So very common to think of ourselves as um, North American attorneys rather than just like a Dallas attorney that only works with other Dallas attorneys. And, and I think that's one of the great things about this firm. I mean, I've, I've only been here for two months and I've already worked with the Belgium office, the, Can the Canada, the Toronto office, um, and, and the London office, um, and, and the Chicago office. So it's, it's definitely really fun. I mean, I've gotten to meet a ton of people. So that's, that's really cool. Any other questions? Yes, I have a question. Uh, I have one also. No, she can go first. Oh, thank you, Pablo. Um, so I know that um, you all mentioned that for the data privacy and security work stream, um, you help clients like if their information is starting to be leaked by like an external person. Um, so I was wondering, do you provide the same services for like high net worth individuals as well? Because I can only imagine that they probably get like the same emails and that that could be pretty disastrous. <laughs> no, so sorry. So we, we've only worked on, on these huge breaches. Um, no, we've only worked with, um, with big, big client companies, right? Um, and, and to, to sort of, so, you know, one of the things that, that if you really wanted to, and I'm happy to talk to you about this more, um, you know, as a law firm, we don't really do any of the sort of, you know, negotiating with the intruders and, and all of that stuff. That's certainly, that's, you know, nothing that, that law firms would do. Um, but we do help companies, right, make the call of, you know, Know, do we have a legal disclosure obligation? Is this the time when we call the FBI and, and so on and so forth? But no, not, to my knowledge, I haven't worked on anything that was, um, you know, sort of directed toward one individual. And I think um, this would be, I mean, sometimes, you know, phishing campaigns and things like that within a company are directed toward one individual, right? So um, right now I'm, I'm wrapping up an incident where it was very clear that this phishing campaign was directed toward I don't know how much you guys know about this, but the controller of a company, which is a very, very high position that holds a lot of, you know, trade secrets, financial information about the company and so on and so forth. So it was very clear that this campaign was targeted toward this one individual. But in terms of our advice, our client is always um, the company, not the individual himself. But 
I love this stuff. I'm happy to talk to anyone else about it. I think it's really cool. So. Yeah, it sounds cool. Thank you. Sure. Um, I have a question. Uh, the other day I was watching um, a news about, for example, the Washington Redskins. It said that the challenge for the lawyers of the Washington Redskins is going to be how fast can they register a trademark and to make as, as less damage as possible. I wanted to know, for example, in Baker, how do you, what is the scale that you use to a client to say that this is the safest trademark that we can register? Or what is the, do you use a scale of one to 10 or highly likely or unlikely? I wanted to know that, what is the scale that you use? Yeah, great question. I'm not sure that any of us really deal with trademarks on a day-to-day -day basis, though. I could put you in contact with someone who does, but for me, that's, that's just not something I could answer. Yeah, but I mean, but typically you wouldn't, I mean, you, you, give, you give the client several options, right? And you tell the client about the risks and, and, and you sort of, you analyze the different aspects of the trademark, you know, whether it's distinctive, whether it's generic, whether it, um, it, uh, it could have, um, it, it could have racial undertones, whether it had, what, whatever it is, you, you just present the risk to the client. But, but again, like for a trademark practitioner is, is probably better. Okay, I actually have a question as well. Thank you guys for this presentation, first of all. Um, in order to work in privacy, do you need to have a certification? Like, is it a requirement to have like my CIPP US or the CIPPE um, for Baker? It's not required. And, you know, we have even, um, I think some partners in our group who don't have it and I don't have it yet. Um, it's sort of on my bucket list of things to do. No, I, I will say it's not required. The other question that I get a lot is, did I have a lot of technical background or, you know, before I, I came, I was an English major. I, the first time that I was ever on a call with a forensics provider and they were talking about SQL logs and things that they were, I, I had to, I was like sitting there Googling. I was like, what are SQL logs in forensics? Um, so it's definitely, um, you know, and, and I think it's probably helpful if you have a little bit more, um, you know, technology background than, than I did, but certainly it's not, it's not required. Um, yeah. And the same applies to what I do, IP transactions. I mean, sometimes it's helpful, but I don't have a technical background. I certainly don't need it. Well, any other questions? Okay, well, um, thank you all so much. And Marcella and Christina, thank you as well. Really appreciate it. And um, yeah. all the summer associates, welcome again. And um, we're so happy to have you here and have a great rest of your day and rest of your week. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thanks everyone. Thanks all. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.